Well, good morning. Uh, it is so good to have you guys with us today. Thank you for being here. Um, it's just nice to see people. It's just nice to see people. Uh, thank you to um, our worship team. Thank you for leading us this morning and, and uh, just continuing to do what God has called you to do to lead us all uh, to the throne. So thank you to the worship team. It's great to see folks uh, in the sanctuary today that we haven't seen in a long time uh, this virus has just been so terrible in so many different ways, but I'm so thankful that we are slowly but surely coming out and being able to see each other, fellowship with each other, worship with each other once again. We're in this series called Greater Reward, and uh, so thankful for Michael. He just did such an excellent job last week in bringing the word, and so thankful for that. And today we're going to jump right into the third installment of this particular series. Do you ever look at people who are successful and wonder, how did they do that? Like, how did that happen? You look at someone who's successful in business, or they're super healthy, they're in shape, they got a, uh, you know, they, they just look good, and maybe they, they have a lot of influence, and you just wonder, how in the world did they get there? And how did that happen? When I was younger, I used to think that those things happened just out of pure luck. Right people at the right time, under the right circumstances, um, Lucky to be born into the right family, lucky to have a little bit of money, maybe good genetics, whatever that may be. Uh, but when I was growing up, as a matter of fact, um, I, I'm just kind of behind the veil here for a moment, a little moment of transparency. I used to aspire to be a country music singer. That's just, that's what I wanted to do. Can you imagine that? I just thought that was just, that was what I wanted to do. I was in high school, getting ready to graduate, and I was on my way to Nashville. That's, that was my that was my thing, but I just knew that the secret of that kind of success, just hearing stories over the years, the secret to that kind of success was being lucky enough to be introduced to the right person at the right time, under the right circumstances, and bam, you're famous. Like, that's just the way it worked. That's what I thought. That's what I imagined. Well, the older that I get, the more I don't believe in luck at all. What I've noticed, at least in the people that I know personally, that, I've gained, that have gained success in some form or fashion in their lives, whether it be business or health or faith or whatever that looks like in their lives, these people aren't lucky at all. They're consistent. They're not lucky. They're consistent. They're consistent over a period of time or over a lifetime. Successful people tend to do consistently what other people do occasionally. Let that sink in for a moment. Successful people tend to do consistently what others do occasionally. I've never seen someone that just accidentally paid off all their debt. You guys just woke up one day and like, I don't know how this happened, but I had $57,000 in student loan debt, and now it's all gone. I don't know how it happened. No one says that. I don't know anyone who had a big car payment and owed a bunch of money on credit cards or something like that and just woke up one day and was like, that's it. Or I don't know anyone that woke up one day and was like, I don't know how we do it. We just have a great marriage. We don't work on it at all. We just kind of lucked right into it. If that's you, let's talk after service. I don't understand that. But these things, they just don't happen accidentally. It happens intentionally and consistently over time. These things, um, we know people, people uh, that may say, um, I don't know anyone that came into this situation saying, I just lucked into a great marriage. But I know a lot of people that say, 
we prioritize our marriage. We prioritize our relationship. We put Jesus first. When we're wrong, we apologize. When we say the wrong things, we apologize. The same is true for being successful in your business, successful in your health or your fitness, and successful in your faith. These things don't just accidentally happen. It's intentional. All of us, and we've kind of learned this over this series, all of us have good intentions. As a matter of fact, many of us want the same things. Many of us want the exact same things, but we end up getting different results. We need to understand that intentions, our intentions, however good that they are, they don't determine direction. Actions, our actions determine our direction. In other words, if you keep doing what you've always done, You'll keep getting what you've always got, right? It's horrible grammar, and my wife's smacking me on the hand right now, but that's how it works. You keep doing what you've always done, you'll keep getting what you've always got. As we continue to talk about uh, how that we can specifically change our lives, we're talking about the greater reward, how we can specifically change our lives. I want to say that the life that you want, whatever it is, whether it's with your finances, whether it's with your children, whether it's with your marriage or your relationships, whether it's with your, your, your career or your job or whatever it is, it's never the result of lucky decisions. It's never. It's always a result of countless consistent and seemingly small decisions made over time. It's the small things that no one sees that lead to the big results that everyone wants. Isn't it? But the problem is, if you're like me, when you do small things, this, this is huge. When you do small things, there's not that instant gratification, right? It's not instantly going to happen. That's the problem. If you're like me, when you do the small things, you don't, the small things, you don't see the, the immediate results. And you tend to get frustrated and discouraged. And then you feel like quitting. Because you don't see it happening right in the moment. If I had to title this message today, I would title it, Don't Give Up. Don't Give Up. We're going to read from Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 9. You can read on the screen with me. The Bible says, don't be deceived. This is, this is Paul talking. He says, don't be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whatever, whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Thank you very much. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I just ask... I ask by your power, by your strength today, that you hide me behind the cross and allow your words to go forth. We know, God, that when your word goes out, it will not return void. And I pray, God, that folks are edified today and that you are exalted in this time. In Jesus Christ's name, and everybody says. Reaping and sowing. Listen, the concept of reaping and sowing sounds similar to karma. My wife and I have been talking about this all week because there's this whole idea of, of karma. And there's a lot of us that believe in this Christian idea uh, of Christian karma, if you will. But I promise you this, the, the idea of karma and reaping and sowing are not the same. They're not the same at all. Um, the literal idea of karma began by other religions that teach reincarnation. 
which means at some point in your life, Brandon, you may have been a tree, but you were reincarnated into a frog. And now you're Brandon. Weird, right? <laughs> and it basically, the, the idea of karma means if you did bad things in this past life, then you're, you're getting what you deserve in the current life, right? That's this idea of karma. And I promise you, the biblical uh, law of reaping and sowing that Jesus talked about, that Paul talks about now, is not the same as karma. Please don't mis, uh, mistake the two. Let's talk about the law of reaping and sowing for a moment. A law means it's always true. Absolutely, 100% of the time, it is going to happen. If I walk to the edge of this stage and I fall off, I'm not going to fall up, right? You're not going to see me fall up. You're going to see me fall off and fall down in the floor. If I fell up, that would be weird, right? We're not going to do that. The law of gravity means that when I fall, I'm going to fall to the ground. And it's going to hurt, probably. I'm a big boy. So... That's what a law is, and we're going to talk about the law of sowing and, uh, sowing and reaping. The first thing, the first part of this law of sowing and reaping is you reap what you sow. That's pretty self-explanatory, right? You reap what you sow. Whatever you plant, you'll reap that kind of harvest. That's just a simple fact. The second part of uh, sowing and reaping is that you reap more than you sow. That's the second thing. You reap more than you sow. When you put a seed in the ground, you get more fruit out of that seed or vegetable, whatever that looks like. And the third thing is you reap after you sow. And today my hope is we're going to unpack these three ideas just a little bit to let us understand more about reaping and sowing. So the first thing is you reap what you sow. This one isn't hard. I'm going to play a little game with you guys for a moment, okay? I want you to talk back to me. The first thing I want to ask you is this. If you plant corn, what are you going to reap? What? Corn, right? You're not going to reap strawberries, right? That's just not going to work. So when you plant corn, you're going to reap corn. That's just how that works. Every single time when you put that in the ground, that's what you're going to, you're going to get. If you plant a green bean seed, what are you going to get? Green beans, exactly. You're not going to get carrots. It's not how it works. When you plant green beans, you're going to get green beans. Every single time, it's the law of sowing and reaping. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap a harvest of whatever that seed is that you have sown every single time. If I could uh, paraphrase Paul just for a moment, and what he said earlier is this. If we plant bad seeds, we get a harvest of destruction. But if we plant godly seeds and godly habits... Over time, we tend to have godly harvest. In fact, speaking of the negative of this, if we continue to sin and we're disrespectful and we're selfish and if we're angry all the time and, and, and if we're unforgiving and if we're super bitter toward people and all of that, if we're judgmental, if we hate people, this is going to come back to us. This is going to come back to us because it's going to multiply. It's the multiplying factor. Hosea chapter 10, verse 13 says, but you have planted wickedness, you have reaped evil. You've planted wickedness, you have reaped evil. In other words, you've done un ungodly things and you've sinned. And because of what you've planted, look at what you have reaped. Look at what you have harvested. You have reaped evil. Imagine the concept in any area of your life. If you do wrong things, why in the world would you expect that good things will come from those wrong things, right? That's just not how it works. It's the concept of reaping or the law of reaping and sowing. If you show up late at your job all the time, would you expect someone to give you a promotion? 
No, it doesn't work that way. If you're always lustful and selfish and you're watching porn all the time and, and you're just using people, but you're hoping to have a godly marriage, is that going to happen? No, it doesn't happen that way because you are reaping the benefits or the negative benefits of what you have sown. If you eat absolutely anything you want at any time that you want and you never exercise, you never eat healthy, you never do those particular things, you never change your eating habits, you never change what you eat, would you be surprised when you wake up one day and you're 30 pounds overweight? wait no you wouldn't be surprised because and you start thinking well this isn't fair I do this all the time just saying um, and you start thinking this isn't fair this isn't fair why am I 30 pounds overweight why can't I just lose weight well that's not punishment it's a harvest right it's not punishment it's a harvest and if you don't like what you're reaping then try sowing a different seed if you don't like what you're reaping try to change what you're sowing. That's the, that's the phrase I was looking for. If you don't like what you're reaping, then change what you're sowing. Guys, I'm preaching to myself today. I don't know if anybody else is hearing this, but I'm hearing this today in a deep level. At the end of each message, I try to give you some kind of next step to take. I try really hard to give you something that you can take on and try to apply to your life. We're going to do this today. We're going to do it right now. Let's just like throw it in right now in this point in the message, and then we'll reinforce it a little bit later. I want you to look for one different type of seed in your life, one different type of seed to plant, just one thing, just one specific area in your life where you say, I want to be consistent in this area. I want to be consistent in this area. I want to sow, sow seeds of consistency. It might be a godly attitude. It might be a forgiveness. It might be consistency. It might be acceptance. It might be, I'm going to start saving money. It might be, I'm going to start praying more. It might be, I'm going to start spending more time with my kids. It might be, I'm going to start being more intentional about my, 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 uh, my marriage. I want you to pick one thing, not two things, not three things. One thing is what I want you to do today. Pick one thing, just one area of your life that you want to start sowing a different seed and believe that God will bring the right type of harvest. Just one thing. I want you to be thinking about that throughout the rest of the message. Just one thing. The second thing, the second part of the law of reaping and sowing is that you reap more than you sow. When you sow Whatever you sow multiplies. Let's look at Mark chapter 4. This is Jesus talking. He says, And the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as had been planted. In other words, if you plant one seed, and you, you can grow an entire tree. And when you grow that entire tree, especially if it's a fruit tree, it's going to produce more fruit. So time after time, it's going to continue to produce over and over again. You see this in your own life, especially in your relationships. If you walk into a room with a big smile on your face, what typically happens, not all the time, but what typically happens is you get a bunch of smiles back at you. Depends on what room you walk into, right? But when you walk into a room and you put a smile on your face when you walk in, you typically just have a lot of people smiling back at you. So that multiplies. When you have that positive, good attitude when you walk in, it multiplies back to you. Now, when you walk into a room and you have the spirit of a jerky attitude, you're, you're a little bit jerky, 
What are you going to get in return from that? You're going to get a bunch of people who are being super sarcastic, media team, and they're just going to give that right back to you over and over and over, right? That's what happens. You get it right back to you. When you have that kind of attitude, it's multiplied and comes back to you every single time. I see this in my own life, especially in my marriage. When I honor my wife and I say nice things to her and I talk to her uh, like she deserves to be talked to and I treat her like she deserves to be treated, then she gives me that unconditional love over and over and over. But the first time I make a little snarky comment to her, I'm on the couch for three days, right? That's the way it works. One little comment puts you on the couch for three days. That's the way it works. It multiplies. That's that that concept of whatever you plant, whatever you plant, it tends to come back and multiply. You always get more than what you plant. I'm just kidding. My wife has never put me on the the couch. She's too scared to sleep in the bedroom alone. But anyway, um, an author by the name of Darren, (laughs) she's like, I'll show you. An author by the name of Darren Hardy wrote a book called The Compound Effect. In this book, one of the major underlying principles is this. Small, smart decisions plus consistently, consistency, I'm sorry, plus time equals radical difference. Small, smart choices plus consistency plus time equals radical difference. It's the compound effect. When we do small, right things... Consistently over time, planting the right types of seeds in the right kind of soil in the right time of year, then God sends the rain and God produces the harvest in a, an absolutely radical way. It's the compound effect. It doesn't happen overnight and it doesn't happen accidentally. Reaping and sowing is a law. I want you to remember that. You will always reap what you sow and you will always reap more than you sow. It's not what you do occasionally that makes a difference. It's what you do consistently. And if you don't like what you're reaping, then change what you're sowing. Just one thing. (laughs) It's so interesting to me. The third thing is this. You reap after you sow. You reap after you sow. You reap in a different season. And and I don't know about you, but that's what's so difficult for me. You reap in a different season. It's not easy because you plant in the fall, but you don't reap in the fall. You don't gather the harvest in the fall. You have to plant in the fall and then trust the Lord and then reap in the spring. That's not so easy for every one of us. Just not. That's why we get discouraged. We try for a little while, but we don't see the immediate results. I don't know about you, but um, it happens in my life all the time. Two weeks ago, I came in, told you that I was starting a slim fast diet. It worked for five days. I didn't lose a pound, so I quit. I'm not proud of it, but it was pretty good sermon content today. We go to the gym for a week, and we don't see a lot of change in just a week. And so we start getting discouraged, and we quit. We owe $37,500 in student loan debt, and we say to ourselves, I'm going to make a change. I'm going to start saving my money and not going to Starbucks every day. And so we stop going to Starbucks every day. And over an entire month, we, we save $100, and we're thinking, wow, that's amazing. I can't believe I was able to do that. And so we pay that $100 on our student loan debt, and we still owe $37,400. And we get discouraged. <laughs> it's just not immediate. There's no significant change, and we just start getting so 
discouraged. And so when we get discouraged, we wrongly conclude that the small decisions don't matter. We wrongly conclude that the small decisions don't matter that much. But then we forget our story. What is our story? What have we been talking about, Michael and I, over the past two weeks? What have we been talking about here at Ridgepoint Church? In so many different ways, our entire life is is the sum of all the decisions, all the small decisions that you and I have made. Our entire life is the sum of all of the small decisions that we have made. And every action, you're choosing a direction. Now, I need to say this really quick before I move on. Your intentions matter. Your intentions matter. The law of reaping and sowing, absolutely, it's a law. It's going to happen every single time, except when it comes to our salvation. I thank God for grace because all the sin that I've sown in this life, I have been forgiven for. That's the one area that I can imagine that the law of reaping and sowing doesn't exist. And I thank God for that. Because if I got what I deserved, if I reaped a harvest of the seeds that I've planted in this life, I would spend eternity in hell. No question. But I thank God that He's already paid the price for you and I. But your intentions matter. I need to say that very very quickly this morning. Your intentions matter. And, and I'm, I'm, what I mean by that is that why are you sowing these particular seeds? Why are you sowing seeds? My wife helped me understand this this week as I was putting this, this, um, this together. Do I want to be healthy because I want to look good in front of other people? I want people to look at me and say, wow, Clayton looks really good. I don't think anyone says that. But anyway, is that what I want? Or do I want to honor God because my body is a temple? Do I want to honor God with my fitness? Do I want to get a nice sports car? Is that I want to start sowing seeds so I can get this really nice sports car so that when I drive through Prestonsburg, everybody's like, look at that car. That guy must have a lot of money. You see, this happens a lot, folks. This type of attitude happens a lot. Where folks think that they can manipulate God. If I do this and I do that and I do this and I do that, I can have this over here. Well, the the truth is your intentions matter. Why do you want that over here? Whatever it is, whether it's a car, whether it's a house, whether it's a, um, uh, a, a girlfriend, a boyfriend, a fiance, a husband, a wife, or um, money in the bank, whatever that is, your intentions matter. And at the end of the day, it's all about honoring God. Every decision, everything that we do, it's about honoring God. And so I needed to say that out loud today. Your intentions matter. We're going to review from week one. What do we know? We know that all of us want different things. All of us want something different, something better for our lives. None of us have arrived and are like, okay, we're here now. We're good. None of us. The problem is, even though we want similar things, we come up with different results. 
If our identity is wrong, and we heard this in week one, if our identity is wrong, then the cycle that we're in is bad. When we think I'm bad, I'm pathetic, I'm no good, I'm never going to change, I'm not going to amount to anything, I'm always going to be broke, I'm always going to be stuck in this sin, I can never do this thing, I can never have good relationships, I can never be in a real ministry, I can never have a real impact. When we get in that cycle, we get in that cycle, and that's the bad cycle. Then we try in our own strength, but eventually, eventually, we try in our own strength, but eventually our willpower, it starts to wane. And inevitably we fail. And in our inevitable failure, we start to feel the shame. And, and, and all that does is reinforces us in our negative identity. I'm always going to be bad. I can never change. So what do we do? What do we do when we get in that cycle? The first thing that we have to do is we have to recognize that if we're in Christ, we are new. If we're in Christ, we're new. The old is gone and, and He has made everything new. And because we're in Christ, His Spirit gives us strength which helps us to make the right decisions or to do the right things. Because you and I can never do the right things on our own. It just doesn't happen that way. We're walking in the Spirit, not gratifying the desires of the flesh. It's not our power. It's the power of Christ. Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desires in me. I'm going to say that again because I think that needs to sink in today. Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desires in me. So because we know who we are, then you and I, we know what to do. And because we know who we are, we're not trying, but we're training, as Michael said last week. We're not trying, we're training. We're becoming more of who He has already created us to be. And by His Spirit, and only by His Spirit, He helps us to choose what we want most over what we want now. Only by His Spirit. And so the question is, how do we judge the success of a day? You come to the end of the day, I don't know if you're like me at all, but at the end of the day, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, what have I done today? What have I had success in? Where have I struggled? Where have I found success? What has made an impact or made an impact today? How do we judge the success of a day? It's the end of the day and you ask the question, did I honor God today? Did we do good? Did we, did we make progress? Are we working toward the harvest that honors God? Guys, here's how we judge the success of a day. We don't judge the success of a day by the harvest we reap, but we judge it by the seeds that we sow. We don't judge it by the harvest that we reap. We judge the success of a day by the seeds that we sow. You don't become successful when you achieve the goal somewhere in the future. You become successful when you honor God today. Let that sink in for a moment. You don't become successful when you find this big future something. You're successful when you honor God with the seeds that you sow today. Every day, every decision, every moment, these are seeds that we're sowing toward what we want most. And that should be to honor God with our lives today. You see how that works? When you get those things mixed up, 
You create problems that you have to overcome in your own life. You create that bad cycle. And you just keep going around and around and around. Every day, every decision, every moment, you're sowing seeds toward what you want most. And what you want most should be to honor God in everything that you do today. That's the greater reward. Paul goes on and he says, don't be deceived. God will not be mocked. You reap what you sow. You reap more than you sow. And you reap after you sow. And that's why Paul goes on to say in verse 9, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. One day you wake up and you realize that all your hard work, your discipline, your sacrifices, your faithfulness, it was never wasted. It was being stored up for the proper time when God was ready to bring the harvest. I came to tell someone today, someone watching today, don't give up. Keep sowing those seeds faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, love, honesty, goodness. Keep doing the little things today so that you can do even more tomorrow. Keep your eye on the greater reward and keep working for that transformation. When we walked in today, we all started talking about, as I started preaching, we all started thinking about what, is, what do we need to be transformed to? Where do we need to be transformed from? You know, at Rich Point Church, we exist so that more people experience transformation. We exist so that more people experience transformation. What do you need to be transformed from today? What do you need to be transformed to today? What is that? What's the first step? What's that different seed that you need to start sowing? in your own life. That one thing that you can start doing today. That one thing that you can stop doing today. That after some time, in due season, God will bring the harvest. In His strength, that's that's the most important part. In His strength, you can plant that seed today. And then tomorrow, and the next day, and the next day after that. Let us pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray today, God, that you would help each of us to see the seeds that we need to plant for transformation in our lives. God, none of us have arrived. None of us have arrived, God. And we all have growth. We all need transformation in our lives. I pray today, God, that you would help us see the path, see the greater reward so that we can start planting seeds today. Small decisions, moment by moment, day by day, decision by decision, that we can grow to become the person that you've designed us to be from the very beginning of time. Help us reach that greater reward every day 
as we sow these seeds. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen. Would you stand? We're going to sing. And I just want you to be thinking about that seed that you need to plant. What is it? Or the seed that you need to sow. What is it? What is that one thing that you can do today that will help you do even more tomorrow?